listening to Life Chat, a podcast produced by Illinois Right to Life. My name is Savannah Dudzik. I'm the communications assistant here at Illinois Right to Life, and today I'm here with Rebecca Ray. So Rebecca, can you start by introducing yourself and sharing a little bit about you? Yes, thank you so much for having me on your program today. And um, well, I'm a wife and a mother. Um, I've been married for 38 years and we have six children and we have six grandchildren. Um, I was blessed to be able to homeschool my children also, which was such a blessing. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. And I believe we met at the sandwich fair. Is that correct? Yes, we did. So tell me a little bit about, first of all, why were you there? Why did you stop at the pro-life booth? Um, what, what led you to that? Well, it's become a family tradition to go there every year and take our kids for many years. And um, we'll be there again this year. <laughs> but I always stop at the booth. I like to show my kids ever since they're little, the, um, um, the little babies that you have there, they're, they're life size according to, um, you know, their growth. And, and I'm so happy that you're there to represent the right to life. And so um, because of my adoption, I was adopted as an infant. I always love to stop there and, and just chat with people. Yeah, that's beautiful. So can you expand a little bit and share, like share a little bit of your story with the audience? Yes, sure. Um, well, my parents could not have children, and they um, adopted my brother first, and we're not biologically related, but they adopted my brother first, and that was um, kind of like what you would call almost the gray market, because he was adopted through a pastor friend of theirs who knew of a woman that had a baby, and she couldn't keep the baby for different reasons, and so um so they were able to go straight to the hospital and get my brother and oh, wow. um, yes, it was really incredible. And um, so then about five years later, they decided they wanted another child and um, they went to the found a foundling home on Polk street in Chicago. And they had my brother with, and they said that he picked me out. <laughs> we were just talking oh, about wow, that. That's beautiful. Yes. So I was three months old when my parents adopted me. And so they had um, um, to go through, you know, what most adoptive parents have to go through. They had house checks and different things and go through some classes. And then they were, they were able to adapt me. And, um, and it's just been a really exciting adventure ever since. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. I really, I really like that. Um, I'm, I'm really glad that you're sharing your story about adoption today because I think it's a very, it's a very relevant thing in our world today. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk about Roe v. Wade. But I think that ever since the overturning of Roe v. Wade, um, people are talking about, you know, how can we make adoption easier? How can we, how can we help kids who are adopted feel, I don't know, feel better about themselves? So do you want to explain a little bit, um, so you adopted, right, but then did you ever find your birth mother? Did you ever want to? Was that ever a question or were you just 100% completely happy with your adopted family? Well, I was 100% complete happy with my adoptive family. They're wonderful, wonderful parents. Um, but I want to I want to mention too that they always told me I was adopted. They never kept it a oh, secret. Oh, Okay. 
And they told me that I was special because they chose me and they picked me out. And so I never had any problems with feeling rejection or anything like that because I, you know, they, they told me that and I believed them and I always felt like I was special because that's what they told me. Um, oh, that's beautiful. Yes. And my birth, my um, adoptive mother, when I turned 21, she called and said, happy birthday. And um, I just want to tell you that they always told me um, from the time we adopted you that the foundling home would give out information when you turn 21 and let you know everything that's in your records. And oh, wow. she said, so let's do that. Wait, so this yes, is your birth mother who birth. called you when you were 21? No, it was, it was my adoptive mother. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she she always wanted to know. She was curious. She always wanted to know who my adoptive parents were, or my I'm sorry, my biological parents were. Got you. And so when I turned 21, she thought this will be the time. You know that this is what they had told her. And so, um, you know that was that was brought up right away. And I I told her mom I really don't want to know. I. To me, I felt like they would be strangers. And oh. I said, you're my mom and dad. I really don't, I really don't need to find them. And she was a little disappointed, but um, so that was pretty much the stand I took my whole life until my adoptive mom passed away in 2003 of cancer. And I, after that, I felt like, you know, my biological parents aren't getting any younger. Um, I would like to find them just even just to let them know that they made the right choice. I had a wonderful wow. life. And so that's when I started to reach out and try to find them. Wow. And how, what did that look like? What did that process look like of reaching out and trying to find them? Well, it's an, an incredible story because um, first of all, I went online and I researched a little bit and all that I found was information saying that um, if I was interested, I could write a letter to Springfield. Um, if my biological parents had written any letters or they had any information that came from them, they would connect us. So okay. I tried that and I got a letter back that said, no one's looking for you. No one's been trying to find you and, you know, something to that effect. And I was like, oh, great. You know, and then yeah. I thought, I, I really didn't pray about it first. I should have prayed about it. I thought, well, Lord, I, I really don't want to open like Pandora's box or anything by doing this. If you want me to find them, you do it. I'm not mm -hmm. going to do anything else. You just do it. Okay. And it was about two weeks later that I, um, received a call from my sister-in-law and she said she's a hairdresser in the suburbs of Chicago and she said I've cut this man's hair for 10 years and she said he's never said a word but tonight I was cutting his hair and he said that his wife was adopted and she was in a foundling home in Chicago on Polk Street and she said isn't that where you were <laughs> I said yes and she said that her that um this man went on to tell her that he had found a lady with the University of Chicago had all the records from the foundling home. It's no longer there, but she had all the wow. records. And so that gave us an open door to um, try to get a hold of him and find out information and get this lady's number. I wrote her a letter telling wow. her that I, I wanted some information and she contacted us. And um, on a Sunday, we got home from church and on our answering machine, there was a message that she said, I not only have your birth mother's name and everything, but she said, I have much, much more. Just call me. Wow. So, wow. Mm -hmm. So what happened when you called her? 
Well, um, we called her and she had all this information. She sent me a whole packet. There were letters in there, many, many letters from my birth mother to the foundling home asking them to reveal my whereabouts. And they kept reminding her that this was a closed adoption and they couldn't do that. So we ended up, we had her address and all the information that this woman provided to us. And my husband started searching on the internet and, um, with the information she gave us over the phone first that Sunday and we left to go to church that night. And, um, um, and he said, I'll be right in. And he never came in. (laughs) So I thought, I bet he's on their computer trying to find her still. And I had, um, just, I had just lost my mom, you know, my adoptive mom. Mm -hmm. And it was almost exactly two years since she had passed. And so I had gone forward um, after the service that night. I went up to the altar for prayer and I just was standing there alone. And I said, Lord, I I just lost my mom. I don't want to lose another one. If she's alive, help us find her. And all of a sudden there was a hand on my shoulder and my husband said, I just found her. Um, And he had found her, found her address. Um, he called her brother. That was the only number he could find. Talked to him. Everybody thought she was crazy. She tried telling him she had a child. Nobody knew except her, her mother. And she, they kept it a secret all along. So um, no one really believed her. And um, But we were able to find her. Um, that was a crazy story in itself. But we found her address. On my 40th birthday, my husband said, I'm going to take you somewhere for surprise. And um, he drove me to her house. I said, I don't want to give her a heart attack or something. Just show up on her door. He said, no, um, I'll go first and you wait in the car. So I waited in the car with the kids and he went up to her door and he um, had a letter that I had written her and I hadn't mailed it. I was scared to mail it. And he, he knocked on the door and, um, and he asked her name. Her name was Janet. Um, and she said, yes. And he said, did you have a baby, you know, in 1964? And she said, yes. And he said, well, that's my wife. And she's trying to find some closure and she'd like to meet you. Would you like to meet her? She said, no, no, I don't want to meet her. And so he said, well, let me just, can I give you this letter? So she opened the door just to crack and he slipped the letter in and he stood there waiting and we had Nextel phones. So he could, he could, like a wacky talkie. So he, he told me, I just gave her the letter, you know, and I was sitting in the car about a half a block away with the kids. And, um, so a a lady had walked by right after she read the letter and she said, is that my daughter? Is that my daughter? And he said, no, but she's in the car. Um, would you like to meet her? And she said, I think I would. So I got out and my husband came and got in the car with the kids and I walked down there and we had he said, you just take as long as you want. And I was there two, three hours. But as soon as I saw her, um, she looked just like, we looked just alike. And as soon as I saw her, I grabbed her and hugged her. And I mean, I felt so much love for her. It was incredible. Oh, wow. The bond that I felt instantly, just instantly. That is such an incredible story. Wow. That's so beautiful. And it's so beautiful that, you know, you hear a lot of the times that people... I don't know. You hear a lot of adoption stories that the person who was adopted is bitter at either the adoptive parents or the birth parents or something, but it's just so beautiful that you just loved both of them so much and just were grateful for the the life that honestly both of them gave you. So that's no, that's such a beautiful story. But um Yes, I I'm so thankful. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
I've always been so thankful. And I asked her, I said, I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful you didn't divorce me. And she said that never crossed her mind. She said that her birth mother actually tried to have her aborted and she was too big. And this would have been in the thirties. She was too big and they had started the process and they stopped and said, this, the baby's too big. We can't do this. So I just, I look at that. God had just poured out his grace on me and, and on her, you know, when we didn't even know I was just a baby, um, but God spared her life and then, and then spared my life. And and now I have six beautiful children and six grandchildren. Wow. No, that's such an incredible story. Um, yeah, thank you for that introduction and thank you for that story, Rebecca. Next, we'll discuss a little bit more about your opinion of the pro-life movement, especially with the, Ro- with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. But first, now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned, our work in Illinois is just beginning. Now more than ever, Illinois Right to Life must help women choose life through our Project Love grant program. Direct women to pregnancy resource centers throughout our PregnancyHelpFinder.com website and work to build a culture of life through education across Illinois. We cannot do this without your help. Your donations are critical to holding back the radical pro-abortion agenda of Governor Pritzker, Personal PAC, and Planned Parenthood. Please visit IllinoisRightToLife.org forward slash donate today to help save lives across our state. Again, that's IllinoisRightToLife.org forward slash donate. Together, we can win Illinois for life. So now, Rebecca, after that extremely touching story, let's talk about how you personally felt when Roe v. Wade was overturned. What what was your reaction to that? Um, I was so thrilled. I just kept praising God and thanking him. Um, just so thrilled. I, um, I It's an answer to 50 plus years of prayer from so many people. And it's, I'm just so thrilled that it's been overturned. Um, I, I really believe that this is an open door for um, people to adopt, for women to, um, to find that help at the crisis pregnancy centers. Um, I was able to volunteer at one for a year or so, and um, they are such a loving and welcoming place. Um, They, you know, allow the women to come in. Everything is offered free of charge. They come in and they they do um, pregnancy tests. They do free ultrasounds, which are incredible. And it's just amazing because the ultrasounds show them the life that's inside of them. There's no doubt anymore. Once they see that, there's about a 95% chance that they will choose um, to give life to their baby. And um, me as being adopted myself, like I said, I've just always been so thankful that I wasn't aborted and that my birth mother gave me that chance at life. And I, I made that clear to her that I was so thankful. Um, it was amazing to be able to tell her that for myself in person. And um, it's just it's just so exciting that, that babies will have a chance um, at life. And there's a lot of work to do, though, especially in our state. Um, there's a lot of work to do, but I think women need to be informed and they need to know that there is um, that option to go to the local pregnancy centers and get the help that they need. They're loving people. They love the women there. Um, 
you know, the one I worked at, they had a, um, a uh, like a closet there, a big room, and they had all kinds of baby items. They were all free for the women. They had um, parenting classes. They had counseling for not just the women, but for the men, too. It was very important. They, they also serve with post-abortion counseling and um but they love the people and and it's just such a welcoming place to go so when they feel that there's nowhere else to turn i so encourage them to go go find um they're all over the country the crisis pregnancy centers and get the help that they need and the encouragement and they'll be there with them the whole walk through um helping them to find um you know, the, uh, the things they need, supplies and whatever, and the encouragement and the love, but also the support that sometimes they don't get from family or even from, you know, the father of the, of the baby. So it's a great place to go, a great place to start. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Um, and if anyone here is listening and wondering, like, where do you find these crisis pregnancy centers? Well, Illinois, if you're in Illinois, Illinois Right to Life has a website called PregnancyHelpFinder.com. And you can really just put in your zip code and it will bring up the crisis pregnancy center that's closest to you. If you are nationwide, you go to optionline.com and it's basically the same thing you put in your zip code for that. But um, yeah, I think that I think that here you you talk so highly about crisis pregnancy centers is very, very important. And having worked there for a year, that's very important for women because I mean, I don't know what, what would you say to a woman who, you know, and I, I heard a lot of this when Roe was overturned, they were just so scared. They were like, my rights are being taken away. What am I going to do? Like, I'm not going to have any options when I get pregnant. What would you say to a woman who says that? I would say that there, there are many options and that's where I would lead them to the crisis pregnancy center because mm-hmm. they're going to hear the truth there. They're going to hear the truth. They're going to be able to see their baby for themselves. They're going to hear the baby's heartbeat. They're going to be able to see that ultrasound. And that's truth right there, right before their eyes, um, which is very opposite of what Planned Parenthood offers. Um, women, women, yes, you have a right, but the baby has a right. And we have to consider that these these babies have no voice. And of all of all people to be a voice for these children are the mothers. And um they'll they will find the loving support and guidance that they need. And adoption is a very, very loving option. I mean, um, you know, it's it's not easy, but I don't think abortion is not an easy route either. And a lot of people think that that is a very quick and easy option. There's so much heartache in that. And um, it's just so difficult for so many women to get through after uh, post-abortion to find forgiveness and and to have healing. And the crisis pregnancy centers help with that too. But if they could go and and just get a, a wonderful start by going right to the pregnancy centers and get the support that they need, um, that's just so important. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. I think all of what you said is wonderful and definitely a good resource to women who might be struggling with this, women who might know other women who are struggling with this. So Rebecca, now I'd like to shift the conversation a little bit to this year, 2022, and to the Chicagoland area. 
So we're going to discuss what your hopes are for this coming year and what you, the people of Illinois and beyond, can do to be a part of our life-saving mission. Speaking of 2022, we want to announce our 2022 Illinois Right to Life Action Banquet. Don't miss this event, Friday, October 14th at 6 p.m. Our speaker will be Cal Thomas, American columnist. Tickets will go on sale in a few months, but make sure to save the date now. So lastly, Rebecca, can you just give me a little explanation? Like, what do you hope to see in the pro-life movement in this coming year? Well, I hope to see, um, really, I hope to see a lot of churches get involved. I'd like to see churches, local churches, um, to be welcoming to these mothers, to um, be supportive of these mothers to um, reach out to them in every way that they can, to be a safe place for them. Um, I would like to see um, the crisis pregnancy centers grow. I'd like to see them multiply all across the nation. Um, I'd like to see women drawn to them. Um, I would like to see the laws change, of course, in Illinois. I know it's a difficult state, but you know, if people pray, God can move mountains. We know that he can do anything. He can do above and beyond what we could ever think or imagine. So I think we need to really pray um, as Christians too. We need to to watch as Christians, to watch and see and notice these women um, as they are walking around in our community, as we see them and when we come in contact with them and when we're out in public, to be a light to them, to be a source of love and encouragement to them. I think that those things are really important. Um, and I just see as, a, you know, the body of Christ as a church, I just really hope and pray that the church will step up at this moment and really and really be the salt and light that we're called to be. And um, whether that means taking in women that are pregnant and don't know where to go and, you know, housing them and welcoming them, welcoming them into our homes and helping them through this time, or, or whether it be supporting financially the local crisis pregnancy centers, um, you know, and different things like that. That's what I would really like to see happen. Oh, yeah. I, I think I think everything you just said there is absolutely important and wonderful. And I think that I think that we're going to be seeing a lot of that. I think Illinois Right to Life is going to be helping with a lot of that. If you're interested in you know, being updated every week on what we do, definitely go to IllinoisRightToLife.org and there'll be a pop-up and you can put in your newsletter and you'll be added to our email list. So, or you can, sorry, you can put in your email and you'll be added to our email list and then you will get our newsletter that comes out every Tuesday. So, well, well, wonderful. Well, Rebecca, is there anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to say to the people of Illinois and beyond? Um, Anything else? Um, I would just really like to encourage them um, as far as I, I'd like to encourage Christians to pray, 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 pray for these mothers, pray for these mothers to be drawn to um, to the right places, to be encouraged, to be supported. And um, I would encourage people to give and um, give generously to their local crisis pregnancy centers. And I would like to um, just, you know, if I could pray, could I pray for the women? Is that of okay? Of course, of course. 
Okay. Um, Father God, I just come to you right now and I just lift up these women, Lord, who are hurting, who are scared, who uh, don't know where to turn, Lord. Um, they're faced with the with the pregnancy that they didn't expect, Father God. And I pray that you would lead them. You would guide them to the right places. You would guide them to people who love will love them and care for them and who love and care for their babies, Lord. And that you would... Um, just draw them to the pregnancy clinics for help. Show them, Lord, that this life inside is a blessing. It's a treasure, Lord, from you and a gift from you. And I pray, Father God, that you would also, um, not only them, that, that you would draw their spouses or their partners or whoever, Lord, is involved in their life with this pregnancy, and that you would bring them to a knowledge of you and your love for them, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, bring in all the finances and the and the um, supplies and everything that's needed by these uh, clinics and centers to be able to operate in the way that you want them to operate. And um, I just pray that you'd pour out your love on these women, just bring them into the right resources and the right people. And um, we just pray for the unborn, Father God. We pray that you would help us to be the voice for them that they need, Lord. And and we know that that um, children are a heritage and a blessing from you and that they're your reward lord so we praise you and thank you and i thank you that you've given me a story to share and you'll give many many other people stories to share and so we ask all this in jesus name and i pray for the right to life in illinois i pray that you would change the the laws in illinois that you would um you would make them friendly to the unborn and protective of the unborn. And I pray that all over the nation, that the states that um, don't have laws to protect the unborn, Lord, that we would see that change in this year coming up. And we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you for ending us in prayer. Um, and oh, you're welcome. Rebecca, thank you for joining Life Chat. Speaking for myself and the rest of the team at Illinois Right to Life, we want to thank you for all you have done to pave the way for us to continue your work to protect life. And to our listeners and supporters, if you enjoyed today's conversation, please visit our website, IllinoisRightToLife.org, and consider donating to support this podcast and the other work we do to protect life. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you next time.